to some extent, we make choices that are wise. Uh, we make choices uh, in our life. Um, but in the end, that it's still in God's hands. Um, he is governing our steps and leading us in this direction. And I think sometimes, because we want to be in control, we're seeing that end way down here, and that's where we're focused on. We got this. I can get down there instead of one day at a time, which is what we're called to do, trusting God. God, is this... All right, here's, here's today. Today is your day. How do, how do I follow you? What do I need to do? But we have this illusion of control um, that we fall into. But let that illusion of control disappear. You let that disappear, and all the hindrances to prayer disappear. And, and think of it this way. Your kid, your child, some of you not, are not parents, but let your child get really sick. What we might have had for, well, I just don't have time. I, you know, I haven't done really well with my prayer life. It hasn't been that great. Um, I really, something I need to work on. Let somebody you love get sick. All those hindrances that we have go away. And the reality is we don't control those things now. So... Um, one of the objective evidences that we are wicked human beings uh, is that everything goes well in our life uh, and we don't pray. I mean, if we're really truthful, um, that we don't pray. Uh, we have this illusion of control and, and it's the same lie that Lucifer bought into, the same lie that Eve bought into, the same lie that men and women throughout history have bought into is that I don't really need him. I got this. It's great that he's there, but I don't really need him. Uh, Romans 1 describes what's wrong with the world. Um, he says that we believe the lie over the truth of God. So pride is a big one. Uh, another one is unconfessed sin. Uh, I think many times we uh, get caught up in this idea that, you know, um, there are things in my life that I probably need to confess, um, but I don't really want to. That, you know, my, I, you know this American culture sometimes in, in the Christian culture is that if we're just morality and moral behavior gets us right standing with God. I go to church every week. You know, I do, the, I do this stuff. Here's my, here's my resume of what I do. Um, you know, and, and the reality is um, that sometimes we don't confess our sin um, because we don't want God to know. And, and he does. Um, but God says the right standing for God is purchased by death on the cross. It is through no action of our own that that takes place. Um, so for us, uh, it's important to understand. I'll give you another one in Scripture. First um, Peter 3 uh, says that men who fail to honor their wives... Uh, will have their prayers hindered. Have you ever read that scripture? That's an interesting... I mean, to me, like, that's just kind of an unreal text. That basically... So, if you deal cruelly or you're harsh with your wife, um, that your, your prayers are hindered coming to God. So, what God's saying, uh -uh. even if you come to him in prayer, you need to go take care and you need to apologize. You need to take us and then come back to me. It's an interesting... It's an interesting passage. Uh, last one kind of goes along with what we were talking about at the beginning. Uh, you know, I really do believe that there's a, there's a misunderstanding for us in regards to uh, God's affection for you and me. Uh, Zephaniah says he shouts over us. He doesn't shout at us, okay? That would be different. He shouts over us. He rejoices over us. He sings over us in a gladness of God's heart towards us. That he genuinely takes great joy in each of us. But see, here's the thing that we struggle with. We, we know us. We know what's going on with us. I can tell you right here, I'm a sinner, that there are things in my life that are not great that I need to work on. I can tell you that very generically. And you're like, yeah, me too. I'm the same way. I don't really want to share with you what those details are. 
I know, I know what they are. And I don't want to share them. And some reason we think that, um, that God is going to not delight in us anymore. Because he knows those things. And the reality is he, does, he knows every nook and cranny of our life. He knows everything we've ever done. He knows our struggles, our thoughts. But he still delights in us. That does not change the fact that he delights in us. And so when we understand this, um, we run to him, not away from him. If we truly understand that, we are very quick to run to him. And as opposed to, I'm a sinner, things are not good, I don't need to go to God until I get that right. That's not scripture. We're supposed to go to him in those times. And, and in reality, it's kind of like, um, I don't know if y'all are like this, you have those uncles or people in your life. Kids know, and you see this in scripture, the children run to Jesus. I mean, they don't know that he's the son of God. They just run to him because they see this guy that's taking delight in them. And kids have a way of understanding that. It's kind of like for me growing up, I had my Uncle Harold, and he was joyful and wonderful, and whenever he came into town, I was excited to go see Uncle Harold. Now, my Uncle George, he's like Lord Voldemort. I was running the opposite way. He was grumpy, and I wanted nothing to do with Uncle George, okay? But Uncle Harold, I was, I was running towards him because he took delight in us kids. And that's how God is with us. He takes genuine delight in us. It doesn't matter our circumstances. It doesn't matter what's going on. He takes delight in us. Um, I think there's other couple other couple of practical um, hindrances to us. Uh, I think one of those is, is time, um, making time, finding time, putting time in our in our schedule um, to spend with God. Uh, I think that is a hindrance for us. Um, and at the end of the day, I mean, we could go into a lot of different things. Um, it's tools, not rules. There's no set thing that you have to do. Some people have the ability to block out two hours in the morning and spend time with God great for you. That's, that's not me, to be honest. Um, some people get up at 5 o'clock in the morning and they're pulling out their systematic theology book and loving it. John Meads. No, I'm just kidding. Um, and just really diving in. Some people, that's, that's for them. Um, that's not everybody. So there's no rule for this, but it, but it is important that time, uh, we perceive it as a hindrance, but it doesn't have to be. Another part of that, kind of along the same lines, is place. Um, our place can be an issue. Sometimes we are, are not sure where do we go, um, what are, you know, where do we go to spend time with God. And so that becomes an issue for us. Uh, so time and place. Um, you know, one of the things too, and I think some people, especially early on, uh, when they become Christians, you know, when there's that silence, some people don't know what to do with silence. Like, I'm going to spend some time with God, I'm going to go find a place, and they sit down, and then it's quiet. Like, what do I do? How do I handle this? Because most of my life is not quiet. Or how do I get it all in? Or if you're like me, sometimes like, hey, I'm having this prayer time. Oh, I forgot to pray for that. I forgot. And it seems really daunting or overwhelming. And so I want to kind of, this is just an idea. Like I said, there's no rule. But for me, it's kind of like concentric circles. Um, so like instead of me, like I can't just have like one quiet time and then I'm done. So for me, it's kind of like if, if this is, I'm starting out the day and I'm praying for my wife. Um, I'm praying for my children, the person who called me and who needs prayer. And so the circle can real quickly, if you think about your life and what you want to petition God, can seem really daunting. And so for me, it starts with that, but then throughout the day I have another prayer time. You know, and I'm talking about some other things I remember, and then I'm having another one. And it's these concentric circles throughout the day um, that you don't have to do it all at one time. People always talk, I have my prayer time today. Okay, We're, we need to pray throughout the day. You know, it's, 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 it's ongoing. Um, so, and things get put on your heart, too. Uh, one of my favorite people in the whole world is Bob Hatfield. Uh, if any of you know Bob, um, was on staff here for a long time. Uh, he's retired twice, but I think this time he means it. Um, 
But Bob, one of the first times I met him, and I saw this throughout my time with him, is that if I was ever talking to him about something, I'd say, hey man, can you, you know, can you pray for me? He'd be like, absolutely, let's pray right now. <laughs> that was his response every time. Let's pray right now. It wasn't like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for you. <laughs> it was like, let's pray right now. And, I, and I, love, I love Bob. He's just one of the most awesome guys. Another thing, and just so we can kind of get close here, um, to think about the other question is, what do we need to pray for? And in this passage in Colossians, uh, it says, at the same time, pray also for us, that God may open to us a door for the word, to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Um, one of the things we need to be praying for is we need to be praying for opportunities to share the gospel. Um, we're, not, we're not in this world just to become Christians and leave it at that. Uh, we are called to be a light in this world. We're called to share with others, and we need to pray for those opportunities. Uh, myself and Carrie and Tim and a couple others in here were in a group, um, and we were meeting regularly, and, and it was on the forethought, like, how do we engage people? Spiritual multiplication, how do we do that? And you know, when we started praying for that, opportunities kept coming. When we were praying and asking God for opportunities, he provided. Here's somebody you can share with, because it's, it's right there. Um, so something to think about. The other thing, just kind of to process, and again, I really want y'all just to kind of think through your life and, and, and how does this apply, but I don't know that we have this angst uh, in our life about pestering God. I don't know that we have this stalker mentality yet, especially because God's not issuing any restraining orders on us, okay? Um, but this stalker mentality of, hey, you know, I wanna, I'm going to pursue God. I want to follow him. I want to pray with him. I'm just going to keep coming before him. I'm going to keep after him because that seems really overwhelming. If we did that to an individual, if I came to Kyle and I called him every day, three times a day, Kyle likes me, I think, you know, but he probably would get really annoyed if I did that. You know, he'd be like, he's stalking me. Why won't he just leave me alone? Okay, that's not how God is. He wants us to continue to do that. And this is a great example. I love this uh, parable that Jesus told in Luke 18. He said, and he told them a parable in the effect that they ought, uh, to, ought always to pray and not lose heart. He said, in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterwards he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, uh, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says, and will not God give justice to this elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, the Son of Man comes, he will find faith on earth. It's a great passage that we are to come before him. We are to continue to lift up these things, lift up our hearts, whatever it may be, that, that we're not bothering him in this. And I think the reality is that we need to be a people that are marked by prayer. Um, as Christians, we, we do other things. We reach out to people. We are evangelized. We share the gospel. We help. We serve people. But we need to be a people marked by prayer. That that's part of our life. It's relevant. It's real. It's so uh, that God delights in that with us. Um, and the reality is every one of you in here is a theologian. Um, only a few of you are heretics. No, I'm just kidding. You're not. But, um, but everyone in this room has thoughts and ideas about God. Uh, and who he is and the relevance in your life. You've studied and you have these views. Every one of us is a theologian. Um, and I think if we get to a place where we really are understanding God, so some of the things we talked about today, then, then our life begins to change. 
because we're understanding the true character and nature of who he is and the importance of prayer. So my prayer is for you guys, and we're going to actually pray in just a minute, um, is that as you think through these themes and these practicalities um, that we've talked about today, um, that God really does some changing. Not just, again, like I said, in two weeks, you know, hey, I went back to where I was. But that maybe by understanding a little bit more about God and His delight uh, and our need to pray, uh, that we're not pestering Him, that we're not annoying Him, that it is part of us, the need, to there, the understanding that there are obstacles and distractions for us. If we can really see that, then we can apply and do something with it. And there can be change. So, so just a couple of questions for you um, to kind of ponder, and then we'll, we'll close in prayer. Um, is it pride? that's keeping you from prayer? Um, is it a lack of understanding that there are demons, that there is an evil one out there that's after your children, your marriage, after you? Um, is it that you're an idiot husband like me sometimes and you need to go and, and apologize to your wife or spouse? Uh, what are the hindrances in your life that are keeping you from pressing into the Lord? What are those things for you? Uh, do you believe that God delights in your prayers? Do you believe that, that he desires that from you? Um, and those are questions only you can answer. I can't answer those. I can only answer for myself. Um, but I know I need to answer for myself. I need to really reflect on that. And what, is it, what are those things that are keeping me from really pressing into God? So tell you what I want to do is we're going to close out in prayer. Um, but I want to just start out our prayer time just with some silence. And I know silence sometimes is really awkward. But I want just to use that time for you to come before God. Ask Him to reveal those things to you. Those things that are hindrances. And allow Him to speak to you. Allow Him to reveal those things. So let's pray. just right now sitting here in our head or out loud as we lift up our prayers as we talk to you we thank you that you take delight in that that we're not bothering you, we're not pestering you, but that this is something that just brings you great joy and Lord I know so many times we try to equate uh,